What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. What is going on, friends? It is so good that you decided to join us back for the podcast. My name is Nick, and I get the privilege of being one of the pastors here at New Vision. And today is a sad day, a little bit sad, but um, we are concluding our reading through the book of Mark. It has been an incredible journey that we have been in for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And today we come to the conclusion of the gospel of Mark. We have seen what action is required of us. We have seen some best next steps we can take as we have been exposed to this beautiful thing called the gospel. And now as the crescendo to this book comes to a close with the resurrection of Jesus, it truly, truly is something beautiful. Now we happen to be doing this on Good Friday. And I have been listening to a song that we've been doing at church um, a lot. And one of the lines that stands out to me, Friday is good because Sunday is coming. Let me say that again. Friday is good because Sunday is coming. Because really, when you think about Good Friday, it puts you in this position of, whoa, 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 wait, this is the day that Jesus was crucified and buried and that he surrendered his life on our behalf. How is this good? Well, it's good because we know that Sunday is coming and it's good because the necessary price was paid in full. Our debt was paid in full by a worthy, worthy king. And so that's why it's good. What happened to Jesus was not good. It was necessary. But because of Sunday, because of his resurrection, it is a good Friday. And so it is good. So we're going to be reading in Mark chapter 16. Verses 9 through 20. Now, what you'll see if in my Bible, it marks that, hey, this, the earliest manuscripts and some other ancient witnesses do not have verses 9 to 20. You might go, well, if the ancient manuscripts don't have it, then why is it used? Because it has been affirmed that it is continuing in the same vein of truth with what Mark was writing previously. It just doesn't go as far back as the earlier part of the manuscript and so it's still useful it's still very much vibrant it's still very much is you know in line with the gospel and so i love that god's word just puts that there you go hey i want you to know that this wasn't in the earliest of manuscripts but we still believe it was a part of mark's writings and so we're going to begin in verse number nine and we're in its chapter 16 of mark If you're new here, I'm going to read it. I may pause, give us some truths, and then see how we can apply this word to our lives. So here we go. Mark 16, beginning in verse number nine, says this. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Here's what's so interesting. Here's what I love about God's word. See, if God's word was trying to manipulate us or it was false, then it would not have that Jesus went and saw Mary Magdalene, who happens to be a woman. It wouldn't mention that because women, wasn't, they weren't viewed as equal to a man in these days. And so you wouldn't go to someone who you wouldn't even acknowledge their eyewitness. You wouldn't go to them first. But I love that Jesus is always into elevating 
who is DA, who who is dis, disinvalued. He's always into raising up those who don't have a voice. And he is giving Mary Magdalene a voice in the history of this gospel, which I just think is a truly beautiful thing. So I think this is just a good reminder for us here today is that Jesus sees you, Jesus loves you, and you are not less than. Let me say that again. Jesus sees you, Jesus loves you, and you are not less than. And we see that with the way that he approached Mary Magdalene and appeared. And she goes and she tells everybody and they don't believe her. She has an eyewitness account, but they don't believe her. They might not believe her because it's just an unbelievable thing. They not, might not believe her because she happens to be a woman. They might not believe her because how could this be? We don't know the reasons why they didn't believe, but they didn't believe. And even though there has been evidence after evidence and Jesus told them plainly, hey guys, I want you to know that I'm going to have to die and surrender my life. I'm going to be buried. But then on the third day, I'm going to be resurrected from the grave. And so they did not believe verse number 12 afterward jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country these returned and reported it to the rest but they did not believe them either so jesus appears to two of his followers who are walking along the road and the other gospels speak of this story as well as jesus is talking and asking them things and it says that their chest was burning their hearts were burning in their chest because of the words of Jesus and the presence of Jesus. So these two go and they go and tell the disciples and his other followers. And again, they do not believe it. And so, and I know I get it. Sometimes we want to judge these believers and these followers of Jesus. How could you not believe? How could you not believe? But you have to understand, we have a unique perspective that we get to see the whole lot of history. We get to see the whole story unfold. They didn't get that privilege. They are just hearing in the moment that Jesus, who was dead, was risen and walking around. This was unusual. This was not the norm. And so when you think about it, it is hard to believe. Yes, they had seen Jesus do some amazing things, but I also think about in my own life, how many times do, does the Lord say, hey, Nick, I got you. I'll, 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 I'm leading you to a place, but yet I doubt it, even though I have plenty of evidence that says he is who he says he is and he does what he says he will do. I still doubt. And so I think as we see these followers of Jesus who were caught in this really this rut of unbelief, it really just reflects our own hearts most of the time. And so we look at that and we go, you know what? Jesus is worthy of our belief. He is worthy because he does exactly what he says he is going to do. Verse number 14. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He goes to his 11, the ones that have been in the ins and outs, the ups and downs, the miracle after miracle, the persecution. He goes to them and goes, guys, are you kidding me? Guys, are you kidding me? I told you, you saw. Why are you resisting believing that I could do the very thing I told you to do. And here's the other thing from Jesus' perspective is he had always followed through on everything he had said and done, always. So there was no evidence that he wouldn't do this, but yet they still have a hard time believing. And the same is true for us. We've seen the Lord come through so many times, times and time again. We've seen that he is working all things for the good of those who are called according to his purposes, but yet there are still moments where we don't believe. And so those are the moments where we go, Lord, help our unbelief. Let's keep going. It goes on to say this. 
He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus has spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. Let's pause for a second because you 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 start reading and you go, whoa, wait, wait, what was this about snakes? What is this about snakes? Listen, I want you to hear me. This is descriptive, not prescriptive. What I mean by that, Jesus is giving an example of what some of his followers would be able to do. Now remember, Paul was bitten by a snake. Paul did some things where God protected him. But this doesn't mean that we go drink poison. It doesn't mean that we go hang out with poisonous snakes and get bitten. That's not what Jesus is saying at all. He's not saying, this is what it looks like to follow me. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that my word will not return void, that you are going to be able to do things through the power of the Holy Spirit that you cannot do in your own strength. He is not describing what that must look like. He is describing what it could look like and what would happen. But he's not telling you to run towards that. So no, leave the snakes where they are. Leave the poison locked up. That is not what he is saying doing. He is saying through me and through my spirit, you're going to be able to do things that are far beyond you. And that is so true. I want you to think about this gospel has spread around the world and we get to be a part of continuing the kingdom building that God has entrusted to us. What a beautiful things. You are no longer who you used to be. You are a vessel of a living God. He has his very spirit within you. He gives you discernment. He allows you to speak his gospel with clarity. He has given you a story to share. These are all things that you could not do in your own strength, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, he has allowed you to do it. And so my question for us today is, are we going to trust and believe that he is able to do even greater things in this in us and through us? And what does a step today look like? Well, I'll give you an example of a step that you can take today. Why don't you invite someone to come to church with you Easter weekend? We hope that you come to New Vision, but wherever you may go, invite someone to come to church with you to hear this beautiful gospel and to hear what the Savior of the world did on our behalf. That's a step. Because you don't know how God's going to use your step of obedience to change their life. And so that's a very small step that we all can take because God's word is all is all about application, not just hearing the word, but also being a people that do the word of God. And so I hope today that you will walk this out. I hope today that as you think about the price that was paid on your behalf, may that lead you to worship today. And remember that Friday is good because Sunday is coming. Nowhere for you guys. We look forward to seeing you back here on Monday. You guys have a blessed day. Have a great Easter weekend. And we look forward to seeing you all back here. Y'all go be blessed. Bye, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.